G'day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm Aussie Pastor. Welcome to the program today, wherever you are in Australia, from Perth in Western Australia to Melbourne, Victoria, up to Darwin in the Northern Territory. We are glad to have you on board and I welcome you to the program. Hunty. Yes, uh, I also concur. I add my welcome to that. It's great to have you with us listeners and it's good to be here. Hunty's our techie, he's our co-host. If anything goes wrong, we blame him. <laughs> Always glad to do that. Good to have someone to blame. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, mate? We're going good, bud. Yeah. Having a good week? Having busy? A, having a great week. Very busy getting prepped up for Friday. Ah, what's happening Friday? We are starting a big program in northwest Sydney and also Wilburton, I believe. Yeah, we are. Yes. We better follow that up, actually. We should. But Late, let's later on about that program. later. Yep, mm. yep. Yep. Hey, this day, do you know what the date is? Ah, it's the 27th of September. Very good. I put you on the, <laughs> I put you on the, I put you on the spot then. I, I often don't know what the date is. Right. Hey, by the way, yes. you know, before we get into what happened on this day, you know how we've had Dr. Ramirez? Yes. I mean, I have, now he was, for those listeners who don't know, he was on the show, what, three or four weeks, weeks ago? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Giving us some pretty good... Uh, giving you some great advice. <laughs> well, it's advice to me because I'm taking no notice. It's not advice to you. Are you taking notice? I'm trying to. Are you really trying I'm to? honestly trying to. Really? I started eating broccoli and I hate how, it. How many eggs have you eaten this week? Uh, oh, I can honestly say zero. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with eggs. But I just, I just put on a shopping list a dozen eggs. <laughs> he, he, he scared me with, with when he's told us that those eggs have, um, what? Uh, Zillions of 300 cholesterol. 300 milligrams of cholesterol and we're only allowed five a day. Well, I've decided to, to get into exercise again. Yep. So I started when we were down at Warburton a couple of weeks ago, a couple of gentle rides with my wife. Yep. Come back home, haven't done a single thing. Thought <laughs> I gotta to go today. So I got out this morning, just before this radio show actually. Yep. There's two problems. Two aching, aching parts on your body when you ride a bike. Yes, that's it. Uh, one is the bike seat on your butt. Yes. It's not. It's, it's. Get a comfort seat. No, they're no good because they're so big and they're so fat, those comfort I seats, love you them. can't pedal. You get used to it. You can't pedal, man. You, you can't can. put it. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so no comfort seat. Yep. So, so you're going to suffer riding a bike when yep. you first start. Yep. Um, that area body toughens up after let, a while. Let me guess what's next. Yeah. You're going to say wrists, aren't you? Uh, kind of wrists and shoulders. You know what I do? I'll put a high riser on my front handlebars so I don't have to bend over and beg. I'm not bending over a whole lot on my mountain bike, though. If you've got weight on your shoulders and wrists, you're bending over. <sighs> I, I, I can't imagine riding how you do in a great big fat seat sitting up like the <laughs> King of England. <laughs> and I, I got this issue with my shoulder. True. And it's really good for my shoulder, actually, because it exercises. That's good. But uh, I, I did six... Seven kilometres at an average of 13 kilometres an hour. That's pretty good. That's terrible. 13 k is good. That'd be the slowest ride in history, I reckon. And, and I went, I thought I'd, I thought I'd pedaled, you know, I live in the Hills District. I thought I'd gone up to the top of Mount Everest and pedaled, uh, up huge mountains, got back and only pedaled up 77 metres. And I thought I was just going up hill after hill after hill. So I, look, I'm out. I'm at it. Well, I've got a long way to go. I went for a walk yesterday. Good. Took my umbrella. got absolutely drowned. The storm hit me. Well, the storm's going through this afternoon. Really? Right above us. So if we cut out, listeners. We'll be back. If we cut it, we'll be back. We've got a B plan. 
You've got a B plan. Yeah, we'll only be out for a few seconds if we do cut out. So what happened today in history? In okay. 1066, this is a big one for me because I'm into history, and I know all about this one, actually. William the Conqueror, mm-hmm. have you heard of him? I even knew 1066. Mm. Mm. And his army set sail from the mouth of the Somme River in France, beginning the Norman conquest of England. They went up to battle against Harold and the Saxons, and William the Conqueror from Normandy defeated Harold and the Saxons, and that was a pretty big change in English history. And you know what's so significant about that? 1066, what are we looking at? That's... A thousand, thousand years ago. Yeah, nearly a thousand years ago. That's the last time England was invaded successfully. Wow. So they're pretty hard nut to crack, crack those yep. palms. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 1938, so there's a big big jump, the ocean liner Queen Elizabeth was launched in Glasgow. There's been three Queen Elizabeths, Hunty. This was the first one in 1938. Mm-hmm. You know where she ended up? Whereabouts? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah? Uh, in the U.S.? No, that's the Queen Mary. That's the Queen Mary. I, I got fooled on that too until I checked it. Oh, we, we went and saw that, remember? We did. Definitely the Queen Mary. That's in uh, LA. No. Uh, and then I thought, oh, it ended up in Dubai. No, that was the other Queen Elizabeth. It actually capsized in a fire and ended up in landfill, which is a fairly wow. ignominious end, yes. you know, for, for that beautiful ship. In 1960, no, 1956, United States Air Force captain, I'm going to ask you on this one, Hunty, Milburn G. App became the first person to exceed Mach 3. Shortly thereafter, the Bell X-2, which he was in, goes out of control and Captain Apt is killed. Mm. What? How fast is Mach 3? So, the word Mach is used to describe a speed that equals the speed of sound, which is about... Just so our listeners know... 1,200 kilometres an hour. I didn't tell Hunty this question. He's, <laughs> he's off, just gone off his head. So, 1,100, 1,200 kilometres is approximately the speed of sound. So, Mach 3 is about 3,500 kilometres an hour. Then the, the plane crashed. He never made it back to ground, which is pretty sad. Oh, dear. That's 1956. In 1962, Rachel Carson's book, Silent Spring. Ever heard of it? No. Me either. It's published, and it inspired an environmental movement and the creation of, and I've heard of this, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah. Hmm. So that started in 62. EPA. Uh, 1988, the National League of Democracy is formed in Aung San Suu Kyi. Say that right? Sounds good. And others went to fight the dictatorship in Myanmar, and we've got some friends from Myanmar, and she's still struggling, she's still in jail, and that place is still battling for freedom. Mm. It's a very, very sad story, that one. Mm. What about this one, Hunty? 1998, the Google Internet search engine retroactively claims this date as its... Oh, foundation. Birthday. 98, huh? 98. You would know that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't think no, they, I'm not saying I you don't, know that exactly. I, no, I would have thought they would have started early 2000s. Why do they claim 98? I don't know, but they do. Well, I, was, I was on Netscape in 98. I got this from Wikipedia. I know they do. I was on Yahoo as well. You know Wikipedia's <laughs> never wrong. I like <laughs> Yahoo. What happened to Yahoo? Is it still around? Or Google it? just came in big and bad. So is Yahoo still around? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. You know I like Yahoo because it's a search engine that had the news on it as well. Right. Yeah. And this last one, 2019, over 2 million people participated in worldwide strikes to protest climate change across 2004 locations worldwide. That's 2019. And ever since, climate change has been a big deal. And Mm. it's pretty hard. I'm not a climate change warrior by any stretch. I'm probably just an average Aussie on these sorts of things. I, I watch, can't help but think when you see these droughts and floods. I mean, in Australia at the moment, it just won't stop raining. 
It's raining, Hunty. It just won't stop. I went out to my farm the other day. I've been in flood. I've been in water since March. Yeah. It's like walking on a sponge out there. Yeah. There's just water everywhere. By the way, I haven't had electricity on that farm since June, Hunty. So I'm really struggling and battling. Mm. And it's not easy to find an electrician because everyone's lined up trying to get some power back onto the farm. But uh, it's pretty hard not to think something is happening with the environment. Hey, before you move on, I just did a bit of Googling on Google Ah. about Google, Ah. and it says here is the top entry that September 2008 was their first publicly released browser. My friends at Wikipedia Mm. claim that Google... Ten years earlier. I don't think this... The Google Internet search engine retroactively claims this date as its birthday. Well, yeah, it does. Okay, Interesting. Maybe I'm going to put Hunty on that and he can yeah. sleuth his way to a, a solution. Tell us what happened, mate. Or if you're a listener and you know, feel free to let us know on 0488-880851. Send us a text. Actually, Hunty, while you're there, you might as well do a thing. For the Aussie pasta. Yeah. And if you've got some questions today, we'd love to hear from you. And you can text us on 0488-880851 or you can email us. And the email address is info at aussiepasta.com. Um, have I've got a few in already, actually. You have, have you? Got a ripper. Oh, okay. It's going to give you. It's going to give you some um, some curry. You enjoy that, don't you? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, listeners, we're glad you're here. Welcome to the program today, 27th of September, 2022. I think to start off, we'll ask Hunty to say a prayer because this program is about Jesus yes. and it is about getting snapshots into how beautiful Jesus, who is our God. Is. You want to pray? Hunter? Yeah, and before I pray, let me just tell you, we've got some great guests coming up later in the Let's program. Let's do that after the prayer. All righty. Let's bow our heads together, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, we come humbly before you this afternoon asking for your blessings, Lord, that this program that uh, my mate Lloyd and I release into the airwaves will be to your honour and glory, Lord. But above all, we pray for our listeners, Lord, that you bless them and wrap your loving arms around them. In your precious name, Jesus, I ask. Amen. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. All right, I'm going to wedge in right here before you get a chance to speak. <laughs> coming up in the program, <laughs> we've got some news coming up, but we've got two wonderful guests. We've got a guy named Clifton Mabley, whose escapades and stories will captivate you, and we've got one of your mates, Lloyd. We've got Kim. Kim Lomas. He's a very interesting dude. Yeah, he is. He he actually was part owner of Brothers Nielsen, and if you're into surfing, that should ring a bell. And well, our mate Clifton Mabley, he hitchhiked from the UK to Australia, and that story's a good yarn also. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Our first song today. No. Oh, it was the first song. Yeah, yeah, first song. Oh, first song. Oh. I enjoy that. Oh. Now, now let's just step <laughs> just, back. Let's just relax. Soak it in. Let Hunty get himself together. <laughs> Is this our first song, or are we? So we're we're staying on your the Brooklyn Tabernacle so, Choir. So we're staying on your program. Run sheet, we yes. haven't gone off. No. Okay, Brooklyn <laughs> Tabernacle Choir. What are they singing? They're singing "You Are Holy." And by the way, these guys have one of the greatest choirs they in do. Christianity yep. in the church, and have so for decades. This is this is pretty much the whole song, but no, I'm going to cut off the end bit. I reckon. Yeah, that's right, yeah. because it kind of. Yeah, goes a different direction. Yeah, yeah, but I think you're going to enjoy it. You are holy, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, New York. Mm-hmm. 
thing. Can you imagine Hunty being – have you been there to the Brooklyn Tavern? I have. I, I have. thought you might have. Yes. I've never been there. Is I've, it big? I've, yeah, I've made, it, I've made a passion of mine to trek around some of the biggest venues on the planet and it includes the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. I think that's in uh, Salt Lake City. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it is. And all the big cathedrals in England and France. I've been to some of the big cathedrals like Westminster Same. and some of that. Yeah. They were pretty um, – walking into them, I actually don't imagine how they do good worship in them. Because they're so the singing is great because of all the are. giant echo. They are. Yeah. I mean, I heard them sing "God Save the Queen." We played it the other day. We did. And that was out of Westminster Cathedral. But um, so, is is this pretty big? This Brooklyn Tabernacle? Or? Yes, they're they're very um, accomplished. So it's a, no, I mean, is it a big church? Yeah, big huge. building? Yeah, probably five thousand people. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I could just imagine being in there and they're singing a beautiful song like that. To the glory of God. There's something, mm. you know what? We come from a little church. We do. But it's a powerful, fiery little church. Yes. I'm preaching there this weekend, actually, aren't You know what? If you're listening and you want to come and hear Lloyd preach, we're not far away from some major freeways. We're in Quakers Hill, 4 Samuel Place, Quakers Hill behind the alley, and we start at 10 o'clock, and everyone is welcome. Don't bother about coming to hear me preach. Come to worship him. That's what we're good at. We worship God, and we it, do it's have great, beautiful. great worship music. Yeah, and, yeah, and I know Lizzie's and my wife's leading the music. You'll see Hunty there on the tech. You'll be happy to see any visitors, Hunty. Always. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I got off on that. I don't know either. News, news. Yeah, Tropical Storm Ian. Have you heard of Tropical Storm Ian? <laughs> Is that the one that's heading towards uh, the Florida? Oh dear, barreling toward Florida. Yeah, Category One, which I think is not the worst. Isn't Category 5 or 6 or mm, something the mm, worst? Yeah, correct. But this thing still has a fair pack. 140 mile an hour winds? How, how many think, Ks is that? Uh, 225. I think they just upgraded it to a Category 4. Wow. In the last hour. Well, 140 mile an hour winds, 225 kilometres an hour. And 15 foot waves are 45 foot waves. Yeah. They're thinking it could be as big as the massive one they had in the 1920s, I think. 300,000 people have already evacuated. Yes. Would you evacuate if you were in... If I had a if I had a cyclone shelter underground and I was at no risk of drowning in it, I would just stay. Well, there is a chance you'll drown in it if it's underground because <laughs> I've seen these hurricanes in America. You've got the ocean going straight over the top, yes. especially if some of these outer islands they've got around Florida and down south, they just go straight over the top. Yes. Um, well, I remember a cyclone we had back when I was 10 years old as a kid in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how powerful the winds were. I tried to look it up on the internet and couldn't find it. Uh, it was pretty scary stuff, and you go down to the beach, and there's foam all over the place, mm. and mm. Um, and the, these seem to be increasing in ferocity. Yes, over there. Yes, uh, the, the poor old Americans get copped with some pretty big mm. sort of weather events, don't they? They, they get do. these hurricanes, they get these massive winter storms, they get these tornadoes. You've lived in America. Did you ever get? Did you ever get caught with a tornado oh, over thankfully, there? Thankfully, no. I was in Washington D.C. No tornadoes there? Snow, that's all. That's the only thing I had to deal with was snow. Okay. <laughs> and for an Aussie, getting up in the morning and going to work in the snow was an experience. When I lived in America, I thought I'd enjoy snow. So did I. I was excited the first day. had to de-ice my car. And the second day, to scrape ice off the window and snow. 
and drive sideways down the roads in the slush. But then, you know what? It lost its excitement pretty quickly. I think I lost my excitement for it in about three days. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got sick of the grey skies. I got sick of the cold. I've often said to you, mate, when we're travelling in the outback and that, we are a people of the big open spaces, we the do desert need, winds. We do need space. We do. And that's why I think we're struggling at the moment with this Is it El Nino. Yes, El Nino. Where it just keeps mm. raining. It's, yeah. it's like living in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> we love New Zealand. <laughs> Land of long white cloud. We do, but we don't like their rugby team. No, Um, we do not. No. Nothing to do with that. We don't like many of their sporting teams, actually. Man, that was bad. We deserved it. Hunty's talking (laughs) rugby now. Yes. The guy should have kicked the ball. He was wasting time. He deserved it. No sympathy for him. Hey, other news. US warns Putin of catastrophic consequences if nuclear weapons are used in Ukraine. That is serious. That's very serious. And very sobering. I think that's the first time in my lifetime I've seen the United States openly. Mm-hmm. In front of the world, warn another nation. Yeah. I suppose Trump had a go at North Korea, didn't he? Yeah, he kind of said... Let, let's say other, other than Trump, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen... I America. think the Cuban Missile Crisis was the last time. Yeah. Well, we weren't alive then, were we? That's no, it just, pre- just predates us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've often wondered, you know, before Jesus comes... You, both Daniel and Jesus talk about a tr- time of trouble like the world has never seen. Yep. Um you wonder whether there's going to be a nuclear confrontation and the horror of it if there mm. was. Mm. And, I mean, this goes beyond cheering for the West or for the East or being pro-Russian or pro-American or pro-Ukrainian. If mm. if they got going with nuclear weapons, we'd be all in trouble. And, of yes. course, Hunty, this radio program and our houses are just pretty much next door to next, Richmond next Air, Force Air Force Base. Air Force Base, that's right. That's not going to be good We'd for be us. We'd be a giant target. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just don't know where it's going to go. It it kind of makes me realise again with everything so uncertain and we're sitting down here in Australia away from all of this and we think we're immune and we're not. Mm. We could get tangled up in this big time. It just reminds me again how important it is that you have, and I'm fair dinkum about this, a relationship with Jesus so that whether I perish or whether I live, I'm okay. I'm yep. okay. Yeah. Um, and this last one, there's a problem in Australia with EVs. What's an EV, Hunter? Uh, electric vehicle. Do you know what the problem is? Yes. A lot of people who are living in high-density arrangements like apartments and flats have their cars, if they're lucky, in an underground car park with one space. In this article, what, this bloke had a 100-foot electrical car. <laughs> yes. Anyway, there's no power points in the car park yeah. to plug your electric car in and charge it up. Actually, Hunty, Hunty, before you go any further, yeah. when I lived... On the Gold Coast, in that apartment building, 10 floors up, overlooking the coast, 180 degrees, there were power points in the car park. Yes, they provide one circuit so you can plug your vacuum cleaner in yeah, and got clean it. your car. Where you clean your car, eh? Yeah, and they don't, yeah. no one minds sharing the power bill for a few minutes of vacuuming, but yeah. uh, ch- to charge an electric car, you need a good 10, 15 amps. How, how long does it take to charge an electric car? Look, if you've got a really high-powered power supply and the very latest Tesla battery, you can get a... 80% charge, I think, in 10, 15 minutes. 100%? Uh, it's longer. Cause they have to, you don't know they how have to, long? Off yeah, another hour. They have to tamper the so, battery so down from, carefully. From go to woe, mm. so, no, from woe to go. So from empty to full, how long to charge an EV? If, if, you, can fit, if you can fit one of these high current charges into your car park, yeah. then you can get you can get 80% charge in, in you know, 15, 20 minutes. So you're saying 80% charge is going to be the default position of charging your electric battery? Battery technology is changing at a thousand miles an hour, 
and there are there is a battery they've developed now that will charge to full in fifteen minutes. Okay, so and eighty percent in three minutes. So the problem so, is they don't have charges. Is there enough electricity on the? Well, that's the problem. The, the car parks don't have enough power. The, the consumer mains that supply the apartment buildings aren't big enough to stick another hundred charging points in, and the street that's that the apartment buildings on doesn't have big enough cables to carry another 100 cars is being it, charged. Is there a solution to this, or should we be going hydrogen? Well, look, hydrogen is a fantastic solution, and we should because uh, we've got tonnes of capacity to make hydrogen here in Australia. We've got water and we've got sun. That's all you need is electricity and, and water. But the the battery situation will get better because people will be able to pull into a petrol station at some point Plug their car and five minutes later drive away with eighty percent. How long away are we? How long away are we from that? That's the latest Teslas are coming are coming out with that now. So, so this is this is technology. This, this is you'll have this in the next year. Do you think year. Australia will be able to ramp its electricity production up to a point where this is sustainable? Well, we've already got, I think, on the roofs of houses, the most solar panels in the world on houses in Australia. But can we do it? As you remember, we were in Adelaide. We saw all those wind generators yeah. and solar yeah. farms. I think South Australia, South Australia is running is running off the grid. Sorry, yeah. South Australia. Yeah. They're running off. They're running. Off Actually, we almost fields. ended up in Adelaide because <laughs> on the way across, I took the wrong turn, and I'm headed to Adelaide instead of Perth. I got to the outskirts of Adelaide. Oh man, I don't want to tell that story. Let's move on. I think if people can park their cars at work and charge them during the day off the sunshine, I think that makes it very give, environmentally friendly. Give me an idea of how if I've got an electric car and I'm charging it up, how um. What 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 can I compare that to in the in, in my house? What would I have running that would be similar? A An spa, air conditioner or a spa, a spa or a massive air conditioner? So how much does it cost to charge a car under current electricity? You know, I don't know the numbers, but I I think we're paying a dollar ninety for I do know the for numbers. petrol, and we need fifty or so liters. I know the numbers. I so know the numbers. I think a car to refill with fossil fuel is about a hundred hundred and thirty dollars. I think you can fill it up with electricity for thirty. No. Thirty-five? No. At the moment, this is in the UK, not Australia. Oh, it, no. nineteen dollars of fuel. Yes, is eighteen dollars of electricity. See, in Australia, we've got more sunshine, and our solar panels are way more efficient. Way more. Could I? Because could, of where we are with the sun. Okay, okay. What's to stop me? I noticed when you had your um, motorhome. You don't have it now, mm. but when you had it. You had these solar panels that kind of stuck to the roof. I had a thousand watts with the solar panels on the roof, and my coaster was completely off grid, which means there was enough electricity generated during the day to run all my appliances and air conditioners and fridge all day and all night. It so never you, needed to be plugged into a power plant. be point. on the beach on a forty degree day, yep, watching the, the cricket, air conditioner on, sipping a cold orange juice. But it never worked because it fogged up the. <laughs> I had a fellow came to bang on my camera after three days, and he said, "Mate, your car looks, your, your van looks like a tinny pulled out of the fridge. It how is it so cold?" And I haven't heard a generator. I had to explain to him I've got a thousand watts with a solder on the roof okay. and a thousand amps of battery under the bed. Okay, that's a hunty brag. It is a brag, and it was. Something. I do like to brag about that. Well, it was something actually. Hmm. Um, I'd brag about it too if it's mine. In <laughs> fact, when I get my motor home, which I will, I'll kid you out because when when, when I retire in. Uh, Eight or nine years, I'm going to get a motorhome. I'm going to travel Australia, sharing mm. Jesus, and I'm mm. going to start off. I think on the Air Peninsula, nice, because there's nothing down there, and it's very. When it comes very. to Adventist churches, there's nothing down there, and I want to go and plant some churches down there. But anyway, that being said, if I had a car 
and I've covered it in the solar panels you had, mm. could I get enough power out of those solar panels just to keep going? No. Unfortunately, the, the minimum amount of power you'll use once you've got your car moving at 60 k's an hour is about 2 kilowatts. The maximum number of solar panels you could put on a car and probably get about a 1,000 watts at lunchtime for, for maybe half an hour at its peak. What about if I went to work at 8 in the morning, parked it in the sun until 5 at night? Yeah, and if you're only half an hour from work, your car would continually fill up for free energy. Well, even on an panels. hour from work, is it, would that be worthwhile or not? Okay, if you had 100, say say you could get a 500 watts of solar panels on the roof of your car and you've got six hours of good sunshine, you've got 3,000 watts. So how long will that keep you going for? 20 minutes. Oh, dear, that's disheartening. Yeah. But if, you, if you've got a battery at home, like a Tesla wall battery, which collects sun all day long, when you get home, you plug your car into it, you put that free energy back into your car, you're not paying a cent for electricity. Last question. If yes. I've just got an ordinary power lead, how long does it take to charge my car up? Uh, no, a normal power lead, 10-amp power lead, will take you probably six or eight hours. So you just put it in overnight? Put it in overnight, that's it. It would whack your electricity bill up, wouldn't it? It does, but in Australia, with electricity at 28, 30 cents a kilowatt... It's still a third the price of petrol. Yeah, I think it's. I think electricity is too expensive here already. It is considering obviously cheaper than England, though. It is. It is. All right. So when you see monster storms lashing coasts around the world, when you see the US warning Putin mm. of catastrophic consequences for nuclear weapons. And when you see the explosion of technology, hunty like we are with electric cars and hydrogen cars. By the mm. way, I hope we go hydrogen too. I do. When you see these things, look up. Because you know what it tells you? Jesus is coming soon. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This is my favourite singer. <laughs> she is beautiful. Let me check the run sheet. She is beautiful. <laughs> I live with her. I was going to say you're... She's my wife, yes. Liska. And she's singing actually one of my favourite songs. And I, yeah, we recorded this, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah, I harvested this song this morning off one of our live programs in, in Warburton last well, we week. We had a little issue and you had to work on it a little bit today, didn't you? It's been Frankenstein. <laughs> but the listeners won't... In fact, this is, if you listen really carefully at the end, you'll just hear Lloyd thanking Liska for the song. That's because I love her and I always thank her. That's it. By the way, Hunty, she'll be singing at church this week too. She will. Yeah, so come. Come, come to, to New Hope. Come to New Hope, you mm. can meet her too. This is a beautiful song from Liska Groleman. Go light your candle. <laughs> Some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings fire, ignites a candle, and makes his home. Carry your candle, run to the darkness. Your world 
Actually, you heard me say, how come we didn't cut that out? Thank you, Liz, at the You end. talked over the music. <laughs> <laughs> I said to listeners before, I said you had to hear Lloyd say thank you. Now, you might not think we're live, but we're very live. We're very live. And and you just had proof. Wet, wet, dead end, live again. You just had proof of it right then. There was a massive yes. crack of thunder over this studio of ours, and then bang, the whole studio went pitch black, and... Uh, now I can hear the rain pouring down. There's no guarantee we'll stay on, Hunty. No, but I'm just, I've just dialed in our special guest for the next segment. He should be able to hear us now. Let's I'm, see. I've got a funny sound in here. Um, 
in my. That, that's the sound. That's the sound of uh, horrendous it rain. It is. It's the sound of the Let rain. Let me see, Clifton Mabley. Are you there? Can I you can, hear I us? Can, I can hear you clearly. Okay. okay. Well, we welcome uh, Clifton Mabley to the program today. Glad to have you on board. Can you hear me? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yep. okay. We just had a massive. Uh, Catastrophe here. I mean, I, I can't. What's it raining like outside? Is it a cyclone? <laughs> Maybe we've been hit by that um, hurricane in in Florida. Maybe it's come here instead. But man, the weather is crazy up here in Sydney. Crazy. I just pray we can keep going. Good to have you on board, Clifton. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Okay, that's good. I want to talk to you a bit about your life because you've had a remarkable life. You were born in Sydney, but you spent, what, the first seven years of your life in PNG. Is that right? That's right, yeah. You speak pigeon? I found that I did when I went back after 52 years. It, it, uh, it Suddenly I found I had it still. So you can still speak pigeon? Well, I did, did in 2007. I haven't tried since. <laughs> Shall we try it? <laughs> shall, shall we try it right now on radio? <laughs> I don't think so. We'll try one of the other languages if you like. <laughs> how many la- <laughs> how many languages do you speak actually? Uh, five. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Wow. Five languages. Can you tell us what they are? Yeah, Thai, Lao, Cantonese, Korean, and some Arabic. And do you speak them all good enough to go there and get by? Uh, my Thai is, is almost equal to my English. Wow. Uh, and my Lao is probably 90%, yeah. How about that Cantonese? Because that's, that's a hard language. Yeah, no, I, I, can, I can make do in the marketplace, but I wouldn't be able to have a complex com- uh, conversation with anyone in it. I'm about to try and learn Indonesian. My wife's Indonesian. and I'm not sure how that's going to go. We'll see. Do it. It's good for you. It's it's great. You'll 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 feel like you're hitting against a brick wall, but all of a sudden you'll break through, and it'll make sense. I've just got to keep going because when we retire, we're going to spend some of our time over there, and uh, I want to be able to speak the local language. So your parents' yeah, language, yeah. language is a, language is delightful. It's delightful to break through and suddenly have a whole world open to you. Yeah, it's great. So, some people have that gift though, and some don't. Apparently. Yeah, f- mine's not a gift. Mine, mine is just the desperation to 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 talk and be heard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Your parents are Christian Seventh Day Adventist missionaries in PNG. Your great right, yeah. your great grandmother was one of the first Adventists in Australia. Eighteen eighty six. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So you're like Paul. What did he say? I'm a I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. You're an Adventist of the Adventists. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you grew up in Western Australia. What was that like? Yeah, what's what's it like when you grow up? Um, it was fine. I had all my schooling in West Australia in three different cities, three different towns. Yep, and uh, it, it was just who who I was. Yeah. So your dad was a pastor. Was a pastor. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, would you count yourself a Western Australian? No, no. I've lived in ten countries. I think my home country is a country I haven't been to yet. Uh, okay. Is that a better country? Uh, it, it'll be an interesting country because I haven't <laughs> been there yet. Are you talking about heaven? No, I'm talking about another country on earth. Ah, which one? There's another 240 to, 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 to choose. I, 
I haven't decided yet. Oh, okay, fair enough. You're going to do some travelling before it's all over, eh? All right. Uh, to, yeah. So you grew up in Western Australia, then you went to Avondale College, which is now Avondale University. Why did you go there? Yeah, when I was 15, I I, I felt, I, I think we could, they call it a call, I felt that I, ought, I needed to be a pastor suddenly out of the blue, and that's where you go to learn to be a pastor. Okay, how many years were you there? Um, I was here and and in our in our college in 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 England all together for four years. So you did some study here and so, did you graduate in England? I graduated back here in Australia. Yeah, some some would say the best thing that happened to you happened while you were at Avondale. You met someone. Tell us about that. Yeah, when I came back from overseas, I uh, I did come across a, a young lady that uh, definitely sparked my interest and we um, went on through thick and thin and got got married Actually, and then left, left the country. I went to your place for lunch not so long ago and um, am I allowed to say on radio what happened? You, you can tell us what happened. You went, you went, when you graduated, you went to Taree, but you never took your, you, you, your wife wasn't your wife. You didn't take her with you, is that right? Yeah, no, we were just... Uh, just uh, going out together at that stage. Did your did your relationship survive while you were at Tari? No, I didn't. I decided to let her go, which is a polite way of saying other things. <laughs> and that was a mistake. And then when I changed my mind and decided that she really was the one for me, she uh, she made it very difficult for me. I had to go on my hands and knees for a year before she'd she'd even talk to me. Yeah, but we we it worked out in the end. So you said you went to England, but you didn't come back by plane. And I'm talking before you got. Let, let's let's go back just a little bit. You you went to England. How did you get home? Yeah, I hitchhiked back to Australia. The whole way. Yeah, the whole way, except for a couple of places where I had to fly over some water. But uh, even some of the water, I went by boat. But it, but I just just kept on the land route. Was that a safe thing to do back then? I'm alive still. Yeah, but did you have any hairy adventures on that? Or was not it- really. Not really. Not really. What? What? One of the things that really impressed me, I think it was about 22 countries I went through on the way back, is is how how good people are in every country. Yeah. They were so generous and so kind and so good. Yeah, I was going to ask how did you how did you feed and how did you stay surviving for six months. Yeah, well, I I I had five hundred dollars altogether, and I just uh, spent it on, on food in the market, and I never paid for a night's sleep. I sleep under bridges, under rocks, um, wherever I could, and kept going. I think that we're getting a little bit of a, a window into the sort of guy we're talking to. Yeah. Here, aren't we? <laughs> When we go overseas, Hunty wants to stay in a very fancy motel. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm happy to attend the caravan park. I remember I did pay 10 cents a night to sleep on a wheat bag in a, in a, in a little hotel thing in Afghanistan. That's the only one I paid, paid for. Uh, it amazes me that you did that trip and it was safe. I suppose it was a different world back then, or it might have been the way you no, did. No, actually, the world the world is safer than you think. The news paints it as dangerous, but the people are 
the people are just like you and me. I mean, you wouldn't just go out and do bad things to people that came through and came past. And you, you, people are like that everywhere. People gave us food, gave, took me in, paid for hotels, do all kinds of things that, you know, people treated me as well as, as good as I would treat other people. There's nothing different in about them and us. So if you're a young fellow, you wouldn't hesitate to do the same thing again right now with the way the world sure. is? Yeah, I would. Oh, I don't believe the news. I believe people. Okay. People, are, people okay. are basically good. So you got married. You're able to win your wife back. You go to the to America. You do a, a master's in the United States. What did you do that on? Do it in mission, uh, which is a combination of religion and anthropology, I guess. Can you explain that a little more for our listeners, what that means? Yeah, yeah. mission means uh, how do you how do you take uh, your belief, take the gospel to people who are different from yourself culturally and linguistically and all the rest of it? How do you make that adjustment? How do you make yourself, make your message heard? Was the That's study what, helpful? Was Very it? helpful. Okay, okay. Yeah. So after you graduate from Andrews in America and you go to Thailand for how long? We were in Thailand over a period of about 27 years wow. with a couple of sessions back in Australia for study. Okay. And while you're in Thailand, what were you doing? Yeah, I was initially, um, initially a, a, a grassroots missionary in villages and then later became became a... A city pastor, later I became the ministerial secretary for looking after the pastors in Thailand. And then the last seven years um, started and ran a study center for how Christians should re- can reach Buddhist people. How difficult is it for Christianity to reach Buddhism? Well, that's the, uh, that was the thing that, that actually triggered me to even think about going to this place. I, when I was traveling and I really, really ran out of money in Bangkok and I still had to go a long way, uh, as I went down through Thailand, I, I had, I think it, I, it cost me about $7 to get from Bangkok to Singapore. I would, I would go to every um, Buddhist temple festival that I could hear wonderful sounds of all the way down to get free food to, to get me down there. And and as I did I felt how distant and how how alien and how how difficult to understand the Buddhist religion was. And I said to myself at that point that if you reverse the thing then whatever I do and whatever I will bring, whatever way I worship, has got to be just as weird to them as it is to, to as theirs is to me. I did them to come back and see what you have to do to make to make uh, Jesus uh, accessible to people who are so different from me. Mm. And how did it go? Yeah, as as uh, because of because of training and because of experimentation, as we took away the obstacles that made it difficult for people to 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 know Jesus. It just worked like like magic. People people when they they knew about Jesus without all those uh, cultural and whatever obstacles there were, 
they were just as excited and just as grateful to Jesus as we were. So, so tell me, uh, uh, Clifford, um, Clifton, did you plant any churches whilst you were in, in Laos? No, Thailand. We're in Thailand, bro. We haven't got the Sorry, Laos. northeast Thailand? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was a, that was the thing. They sent me out to to up to the, the northeast, where there were about three churches after after sixty years of mission, and they virtually gave me carte blanche. They said, "Do what you like. You, you can't be worse than what we did." And when we when we made uh, the story of Jesus accessible to people, uh, we started. I, I was with the with the people I was working with. We started twelve new churches in in about wow. three years. Nice. And how many people ended up um, worshipping with you? About in that time, probably about 1,500, 1,400, wow. 500 people. That's fantastic. What, what is the secret to sharing with a Buddhist successfully Jesus Christ? Well, the first thing is, as I said, you have to take away all of the obstacles. And one of the biggest obstacles is being foreign and uh, it being a foreign religion and people betraying or walking away you imagine if you're just an ordinary Australian or ordinary anything and suddenly one of your church, one of your family members becomes some weird religion that belongs to some other country far in the world it just it just isn't attractive you've got to get past that um, and but then with with the the village the folk Buddhism the issue was about power the power um, did did God have greater power, or did the village spirits and the village ghosts and and all of those things have greater power? And when you uh, when you encourage people to try and ask God for help and to give you freedom from the slavery to to the spirits, um, and they do it very nervously believing that they could be could be endangering mm. their whole life and not only do they are they able to do it but they feel feel the confidence and the and the uh, and the uh, the support of God then those people just became God believers and gave up all of the other stuff that was making them afraid and making them slaves hey, uh, and to the, the will of spirits did you get any resistance from the Buddhist monks in the area as these people were finding Christ and finding, you know, the power of Jesus over the spirits? Yeah, no, not not really. Buddhism is not is not an arrogant religion that that uh, they they allow everyone to follow their own path, their own their own passage. It was it was kind of folk, folk Buddhism, uh, uh, Lloyd. And yep. later on, we dealt with real Buddhism. Yep. which had a, a different approach. But this was folk Buddhism, which is sort of sort of, sort of like agricultural spirit worship kind of stuff. Okay. And then um, you ended up in Myanmar, is that right? Uh, when, when, uh, when I started the, the Buddhist Study Centre, which is our name for it, yep. um, I, my job was to go to the churches in, in, in the Buddhist countries. There's about 10 of them. And, and help the church to find ways to get, get through to Buddhist people. And one of those countries and the last one they played with me to come over and help them was, was Myanmar. Myanmar has a, has a lot of different people in it. Um, 16 major tribes and languages, but many more. 
But the main people are the Bama, or, or we'd say Burmese. Mm. And uh, our church had only 30 people that had converted from Bama Buddhism to to Christianity. And, and the other denominations, other churches, didn't have much more success. Was this a more, was this a more militant form of Buddhism than you had in Thailand, or...? Not militant, but but uh, ones that were that were anti-West. Okay, they yeah. didn't want to become Western. They didn't want to be dominated by America. They had no respect for for other for the uh, for the uh, Western countries, okay. and they didn't want to become that. Yep. So how how did you punch through that resistance? Yeah, we actually set up a. a, a a, a a group of people, including people from other churches as well, we designed a program that reduced all of the all of the foreign elements and uh, emphasize and affirmed the truth that was in Buddhism. Yep. And added an extra possibility uh, in in Buddhism. There's no right and wrong. There's no Bible. There's no. This is you know there is it's so. We just say, what if it was true that there was a God behind all of these good teachings and all of these good practices? And then let's 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 behave as if there is and see what happens. And when we when we did, they they did break through and 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 feel the, the love of God. And they yeah. a lot of them came with tears in their eyes, said, "We never knew that He was behind it all. Yeah. We yeah. always we'd had no idea." You know, that God, there really was a God. Does he? Do you see radical changes in their lives when they do meet Jesus in these cultures you're working with? Oh, sure, sure. They, yeah, they become they become much, much better, much more tolerant, much, much. Yeah, we can't say it for everybody, but yeah. there is significant changes. Yeah, because within two years of, of us doing it this way, there were two hundred families that became uh, delighted God believers. Yeah, yeah. And each family probably has eight or ten people, so you can see it's a lot of people. So over your years, and you've spent a lifetime working in the East. How many people do you think you saw come to Christ? Have you got any idea? And how many churches were you able to build? Yeah, no, because uh, I take back a couple of steps. First, the first thing is I had to strip myself of my too much foreignness, and that's becoming like them. Yep. But I found that wasn't that was only the first step. Yep. The next step was I had to empower the local people who were believers to reach out to their people, and sometimes that meant making them brave enough to resist the the pressures to become Western Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they went out and did the work. I, like Myanmar, I went there once every what month or two to encourage them and help them think through the issues and yeah. what to do. But it was them doing it. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't, I can't, I can't count how many, how many. There wasn't as many people did I reach, or how many churches did I build? Let me rephrase but, that. In the time you were there, then, how many? Buddhists came to Christ and how many churches were able to be set up by the many people and yourself working together with Christ and the Holy Spirit? Yeah, I, I really can't come up with numbers, but there are thousands of people, thousands wow. of Buddhists became, became God believers. 
when you look at Australia, because you're an Aussie, do you think that we struggle with the same thing but in a different sphere? In other words, we have to strip ourselves of our ways to be able to reach our fellow Aussies because we're not we can talk about these Buddhist countries. It's pretty tough going here in Australia. Do you see any similarities or not really? Yeah, I think it's exactly the same thing. I think it's the same thing even in, say, being a friend to the people who are next next door to you. You've got to, you've got to give up something of what you are and and adapt yourself to them and be be and deliberately get interested and involved in something that they are doing. But when you're doing the witnessing, I think it's even more important. And I think it's a real struggle to find a way to let Jesus be heard among post-Christian people, mm. people who think they've heard it, people who have, have opinions and attitude towards religion and Christianity, mm. and they're just never never getting to see the beauty of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a great challenge. Well, it's been a rewarding life, hasn't it? Um, you think you'll ever go back to these countries? Yeah, I try to go back whenever I can, and I keep in contact with with uh, many of the people that I that I uh, that are still doing it. They're what they're their best in their way there. So, do you think? Yeah, you... I wish I could. Wish I could. It's ten countries I've lived in. It's a bit hard to get through them back. Yeah, to keep connection with them all. Are you Australian now, or do you belong? Does your heart and your soul belong to Asia? I'm I'm learning to be Australian again. Yeah. What well, was it? A big shock when you came home? Well. I don't. I don't have culture shock. I have a culture excitement. Okay. And um, and just yeah, I just throw myself into into accepting and being enthusiastically making myself into uh, a person similar to the people that I'm living amongst. You're doing that but now. It, it, it you... is a big. It, I am. I'm doing it now. Yeah. It, but it is. It is a. It is many big steps. Yes. Yeah. Um. You had family over there. Did they stay over there, or, or have your children come back to Australia, or how did that happen? Work? Children were born and raised in, in Thailand, and then they came back, and they had they had a real struggle to become Australians. Yeah, but yeah. they've made it now, and um, and they are yeah it's they are they are happy. But it's been a process, like like any migrant. Yeah, they have become. Australian by deliberate uh, effort. It wasn't natural for them. Yeah. Final question, mate. If someone yep. was thinking about going over and working in these countries, uh, Myanmar, Laos, Cambodia, Thailand, what would you say? Yeah, I think, well, I think it's great, um, but you have to know that you have to do the effort to, to make yourself... Uh, acceptable, make yourself respectable, make yourself uh, um, loved by those people. Yep. And if you don't put the effort in, um, effort to know their culture, effort to learn their language, and effort as a, as a missionary to, to make it possible for them to hear about Jesus, then it's really just going over there just, taking your baggage as you are is really a bit of a waste of time. Yeah, well, I think People have found that out, haven't they? Um, I said last question, but are you going to write a book? No, I'm writing my life, uh, uh, Lloyd. Yep. 
I'm not writing a book. I'm writing my life. Every day I try to write a new chapter. So we won't be able to go to Amazon and read these stories? Well, if you did, it wouldn't help you because you're not going to do the homework to get yourself ready anyway, are you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I like stories of guys who have gone and lived adventure lives like you. I think uh, some, in some ways we live vicariously through you guys because it's what a lot of us want to do and never got the chance. Um, yeah, I think that it, a good thing would be to learn the lessons from that and apply it to where you're living because with the same amount of effort, uh, many more people will will hear about Jesus. We lift him up and, and he'll do all the work. Yeah. Where he'll, he'll, he'll grab them. Yeah. I think in the end it's like you were saying, learn to be a good neighbour. Um, learn. Yeah, learn not to, to cling on to who you are and just say, what can I do to make it possible for them to know Jesus without prejudice? Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. We'll look forward to talking to you again in the future. All right. Thanks, good. mate. See ya. Good talking to you yep. too. Bye. Radio. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. He's got some pretty amazing stories, actually, about going into villages and some of the food he had to eat. Uh-huh. I, I heard, uh-huh. heard him tell a few of them. And Do you know his his daughter is a pastor, and that's five generations in a row of pastors. Yeah, including him and his daughter and his father and grandfather and grandfather. Oh. You know his mother, his great 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 grandmother, was one of the first baptized Christians in Australia. Great grandmother. Yeah, he said that. Yeah. yeah, we got that, Hunty. We got that. Oh, yeah. I was, I was trying to put, I was trying to put Hunty and me back together again after the power went out. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're still a bit um, shocked by that, and, and I don't know whether you can hear it over the radio, but there's thunder booming outside, isn't there? And, yeah, and we're still live and prove it. It's four thirty nine. Yeah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, this new new song we haven't played this before. Um, didn't I walk in water? Um, now, Hunty, you haven't put who's singing this. Didn't I? No, but I've got it here, the Dunaways. That's good. That's good that you did that. I have. Didn't I walk on water by the Dunaways? This is a good song. It talks about the miracle of Jesus and what he can do if you let him into your life.
her home She said my bills are coming due, Lord And six days is not that long She hears a voice so soft and low He says I've moved like that before And I'll do this little thing Mellow song. Oh, yeah. Um, Bible study hunting, Mark chapter 5, 1 to 20. Going to get straight into this because we're running right. a bit of time with all the bit behind time with this uh, big storm out there. This is a story, and it's the same one we studied in Matthew last week. In Matthew, two demon possessed men are healed by Jesus. This is where this story gets interesting. I'm going to ask you a big question here, Hunty. Okay. I haven't warned you. You ready to go? I know. I just realized when we lost power, I lost my online Bible. Uh, I'll go for it. Matthew chapter 5. This is what it says. So Jesus arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gazarenes. And if you are with us last week, Hunty and I went to the region of the, and I'm going to say it properly, Gerasenes, not Gazarenes. <laughs> Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, and this is where it gets different. A man, have you got it yet, Hunty? Almost. A man possessed click, click, click. by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. So this guy is demon-possessed. What I find interesting is the story in Matthew had two demon-possessed men. This story, which is, you can see it. I mean, this story is in three books, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In Mark and Luke, there's one demon-possessed man. And in the book of Matthew, there's two. And a lot of people go, boom, 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 there you go. The Bible can't be relied on. Can't even get the facts right with this story. Uh, what's your answer to that, hunty? So Matthew says there are two. Mark and Luke say they are. there is one. Well, basic human nature, if you've ever been to a motor vehicle crash, um, as is you know, it, as gonna, you know, it, used to be a tow truck is, operator. Is this going to be your answer? Uh, well, because I, it does that doesn't stack up. It doesn't stack up. <laughs> All right, help me out. Come on, go ahead anyway. <laughs> He's shaking his head. <laughs> I want you to go. Do you really think that stacks up to you? You've got a story in Matthew where you've got two demon possessed men. Yes. Okay. Yes. In this story in Mark, you've got one. Yes. 
So you started to tell a story about a motorbike vehicle accident. Well, I was I was suspecting it might have been just a perspective thing, but but no, it, that can't be right. Oh, don't let me put you off if you yeah, want to go yeah, down yeah, that road. No, thank you for holding me back on that one. No, 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 I'm happy for you to go down that road because that's the road a lot of theologians go on. It's, for me, it doesn't stack up. For other people, it might. So let's hear it just because they've got well, the okay. other well, When I was a total operator, you would ask five people who witnessed the accident, you would ask five people what happened, and you'd often get five different stories, and yet they were all there and they all saw it. So you've got two demon-possessed men come out of the... The, um, the caves or the tombs yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yep. In Matthew. Yep. But then you've got Mark and Luke. So if you were there and I was there, yes, and I'm sitting in the back of the boat and you're sitting in the front, <laughs> and we get out on the sandy beach with Jesus and we start to walk up, yep, and we're going to write this story later, yes. How are we going to write that? Two or one? Yeah, that's a tough. You've got me. I'm bamboozled. It is. It is a bit. It's confusing, a tough, a tough it? question. And and it's one people will use to say, "Oh, look, the Bible's not true. Can't even get its facts right." Look, this is the best I can do, and I don't even think this works real well, to be honest. No better than your explanation, to not be honest, Auntie. Mm. But Matthew said two demon-possessed men. Matthew was there. He was the eyewitness. Right. Mark and Luke weren't there. They weren't eyewitnesses. Right. Matthew was. Now, there's even people who argue and say, well, Matthew didn't write the book of Matthew. I actually don't believe that. I think Matthew wrote Matthew. He was there. He saw it. And he said two demon-possessed men. So I'm probably going to run with the idea that there were two. And as the story got told down through the generations after Jesus, the fact that there was two or one kind of got lost in the story because the point of the story is not how many men were there, but the fact that Jesus was able to save mm. man, mm. men, a man, yep. man from demons. Yes. And if Jesus could say, the point of the story is if Jesus can save people from demons back then, he can save people from demons right now. I thought an interesting point at the start of the story was when Jesus approached the man who was who we would probably call crazy today, Instantly, he recognised him as Jesus, Lord and Saviour. I think it was the demons that recognised him. Correct. Correct. But the fact that the demons or the man or both... Demons were inside the man and they were actually talking out of him. I've never seen that. I don't want to, by the way. Mm. I think Uh, that's a really interesting fact that they knew full well they were in the presence of Jesus. They were in the presence of their creator. Yeah, and I I like that about this story. It, It just lets you know the power... That Jesus well, has over these demons. Have a look at what these demons were doing to this bloke. Verse 3. Mm, yes. Uh, this man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself. With sharp stones. His life's in a mess. Absolutely. It's in a shocking mess. Yes. He's got this superhuman strength. No one's going anywhere near him. And Jesus comes. Now, we're going to run out of time. We're going to have to come back to the story okay. next week, aren't we? Yep. But we can't leave it there. We have to see, yes. again, what Jesus did. And then we'll come and finish the story next week. Because there are two parts to this story. Just yes. read verse 6 and 7. What did Jesus do? When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to meet him and bowed low before him with a shriek and scream. I think that's interesting. Yeah. He bowed low. Is that the man or is that the demons or is it both? Well, I think you're right. The demons would have recognized Jesus instantly and known who Jesus was. Was this the man, though, that was bowing or the demons? I I think the demons were making him bow. You think? I think they had control of his body. 
and they just recognised this as a creator, and they had yeah, no... and they just knew they were in the presence of the, the Almighty. That's just me. Now, Jesus does something here I never will when it comes to demon possession. Verse 7. Okay. With a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me? This is a demon talking, he, by Demons the way. yelling out yeah. to Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, son of the most high God, in the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Oh, 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 oh. Was Jesus torturing this man? No. What's, what, what's going on there? Don't Perhaps they suspect that he might. When demons come into the presence of Jesus, uh-huh. it's torture. Right. One of the reasons when you're under temptation, you pray for the presence of Jesus is because the demons and Jesus, when Jesus turns up, they cannot stay around. Now, now, now Jesus talks to the demons here. I never would. I, if that happened to me, I'd just be on my knees praying for Jesus to come and do what he does here. Mm, mm. We can't cast out demons. It scares me when I see these movies and I see uh, priests, etc., claiming that they're exorcists. No, you're not. No one can cast out a demon. Mm. No one's got the power to cast a demon out. We are nothing compared to demons. Their power compared to ours, it would be like uh, a baby mm. trying to take on Mike Tyson That's in his it. prime. No, it would be even worse. Worse. Mm. We cannot exercise, we cannot cast demons out. Only Jesus can do that, and that's so, Hunty. That's why, Hunty, in the few occasions where I've come into contact with this sort of demonic um, behaviour in people, where demons get inside them, I don't talk to the demons. I just talk to Christ and I pray because I don't want to talk to them. I want Him to deal with it. And when you pray in the name of Jesus, the demons have got to go. What happens, Hunty? Okay, for Jesus had already said to the spirit, "Come out of the man, you evil spirit." Then. Jesus demanded, what is your name? Yeah, so Jesus starts to talk to him. We're going to yeah. stop there yep. because we're going to carry this Bible study on, as I said, two parts. But it's a good story, isn't it? It's a great story. And the story. reason I wanted to come back to this story again the second time is because I wanted you to see the differences between the two stories, and yet the theme is exactly the same. The demons are there. They possess this guy. Jesus comes, and when Jesus comes, the demons have got to go. Hmm. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. A new song, Hunty. Yes, we heard this on Saturday night. We did when we in went the to Sydney the Town Hall. Praise. Yeah, prom praise. Yeah, uh, Jesus, strong and kind, city of light, and Colin Buchanan. It's it.
That's a beautiful song oh too. We've had some nice songs today. That was so good Saturday Night Live, wasn't we it? We sang it, eh? You know what? We're going yeah. to sing that song in church for the first time ever this Sabbath. I know. I saw the run sheet this morning. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Hey, Hunty. Yes. <laughs> just tell the listeners, just so they know what has been happening here. So, so we had this ma- power blackout and a massive storm, and I think I'm running one, two, three, four, running five computers and two of my laptops, so they came straight back up, but the other two didn't come back up. I don't know if I have a recording of this program. I'm not sure whether we'll get the replay later this week, next week. Oh, well. We'll know at the end. We're trying our best, aren't we? We are doing it. And best, when you're yeah. doing live radio, these things happen, don't they? Oh, this is the first time we've lost power in a storm. Yeah, we have lost power before, though. During a live radio program? Yeah, we have. Wow. I've forgotten all about it. <laughs> oh, we lost it a couple of weeks ago for about... 10 seconds or something or other. I know it wasn't power, that was oh, just internet it? in general. So this for a is second. the first time we've lost power. But we were sitting in the studio in the dark, remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, um. Yes. What's going to happen this Friday night, Hunty? Okay, this is very exciting. So, Lloyd and I were down in Wilberton, and Lloyd was presenting a series of lectures, which, which I think are the most pertinent and time relevant lectures that could possibly be presented on Jesus the Man, the Bible, and Christianity. Listen to you. Well, it's true. I think it, this is the time people need to hear the comforting yes. words yes. from the Bible and what, know what, that Jesus is actually in your corner right now. What's the name now. of our series, do you remember? Surviving Chaos. Yeah. And the, the series was, was to give people hope and show them that they're not alone as this world crumbles. Yes, yeah, actually to show you that. You and know. also... After you. No, no, go, go. Also to point people to the Jesus that we know who ultimately will take us off this planet. That's what we're... And to a better place. We're talking about. We're talking about how the world is going into chaos. There are some pretty bad things going down. People are unsure and they're really afraid. And we're in this series, we're showing people how they can have a relationship with God that is real. In other words, and I'll bring this right down to tick tacks. you can talk to God, Hunty. Yes. And he will talk to you. Correct. Nine 40-odd minute lectures that's, yeah. that's great through the whole of the New Testament. Well, it's, it's basically, the whole thing is on that. Yeah. You can go through these nine lectures and come out and you'll know how to hear the voice of God. Yes. And then it's not about religion. And how to connect it's with God. It's not about someone persuading you to into this church or that church or even into the Adventist church. It's mm. about you talking to God. And when you get talking to God, Hunter, you can ask him anything. He'll talk back to you. You get the answer. And it's very, very powerful. And if we're going to go through chaos like is unfolding in the world now, it's only going to get worse and worse, then you need to be in a place where you can talk to God and hear his voice as he talks back to you. And it's going to give you a lot of comfort. It's going to give you a lot of assurance. So, Hunty, if they wanted to watch this program, where would they go? Okay, well. And, and when? When? It's this Friday night, starting at 7.30, 8 o'clock. I don't know. We didn't decide, did we? Did we say on radio last week 8? <laughs> I, know we, to remember. I know we, we try to make our minds up. Um, did we make our mind up? Well, I'm scared. Seven thirty-eight. <laughs> I'm sure we said eight. Or do you reckon we said seven? We... Oh, now I'm now I'm confused as both. Okay, let's make a let's start for new. Let's sheet. like pretend, a new schedule. Pretend we've never said a single thing about what time it's going to start. When's it going to start, Hunty? Um, um, that's me shrugging my shoulders, listeners. Um, <laughs> he's the boss. I'm going to leave this one to him. Eight o'clock. It is. 
Eight o'clock it is. Eight o'clock it is. So I just remember eight, eight p.m. Yep. on. Where would they find? Friday night. You can go to um, the YouTube channel of the Aussie Pasta. It's easy to find. You just Google, get get to YouTube, into the search box, Aussie type Pasta. in Aussie Pasta, or you can get to Facebook too. Don't or you? the Aussie Pasta Facebook page. Yeah. Now I know that's www.facebook.com forward slash Aussie Pasta. That's pretty easy to find so, as well. But even so, you go to that little magnifying glass and just put in Aussie, Aussie pasta. pasta. Yes, it'll take you straight to us. Lloyd Grolman, Aussie Pasta. Those two words are synonymous on the internet now. And yeah, and and you can watch the program starts at eight o'clock, and it's going to go for how long? Uh, they, they vary in length between but thirty no, no, minutes I mean, and forty minutes. How long will this series go? Nine for? nights in a row. But you don't have to watch it live if you don't want to. No, you can watch the pre. You can watch it as a as a replay later. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to However, you might miss out on the live question and answer section at the end. I was going to say, are we going to do that? Are we going to do that? You're the boss. I'm the boss. Well, it's Tuesday. We'll decide later. No, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. I think so. Okay. So we'll take... Might not do it the first night because we've got nothing there. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see if questions come in. We'll, we'll, we'll put a flag at the start that says, if you've got questions at the end of the episode, you can ask us. And the Aussie and, pastor and, will come on in. And if you want to know, I'm just telling you again, if you want to know how to hear the voice of God, Hunty, that's the big problem in, with people today. They're not hearing God. Just say that again. Welcome back, listeners. Just say that again. The big problem. Welcome back, listeners. Did we lose them again? Yes, we lost the internet for a few seconds. Oh, did we? Yeah, oh, we're back now, though. Man, this is going to be hard work for you, isn't it? It's okay. Trying to put this together. No problem. I, I said the big problem, listeners, that we've got is that people cannot hear the voice of God. If you can hear the voice of God, you've got everything. That's right. You're going to go through this. You're going to go through what's about to happen in this world easy. But if you haven't got the voice of God, even if you go to church every week and mm. do all the right things mm. that you think are right, if you don't have the voice of God, you're not going through this thing. That's right. But if you've got God in your ear, if you can hear him as clearly as you can hear me, auntie, and I can hear you today, you're going to be okay. You imagine if you've got God no matter what happens. You're going to be okay, and that's what this series is. Starts this Friday night, eight o'clock. Better give the date in case someone's listening to this. Okay, okay. it's twenty seventh of September today, so it'll be the twenty seventh, uh, Tuesday, twenty eighth. I'm going to pull up a calendar. Thirtieth, thirtieth, thirtieth of September. All right, I've got the calendar. Am I right? Up. Am I wrong? I've got the calendar up, and the calendar says Friday's the thirtieth. Well done. Yeah, just Good before stuff. daylight saving. <laughs> yes. You believe you're starting that already? Uh, Friday night, 8 o'clock. Yes. Join us online. Join us online. Can't wait to see you. Yeah, you will be blessed. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. If you're struggling in life, if sin's got a hold of you, if you're stuck in addictions that you can't get out of, this song's for you. Gold City singing Turn Your Back. Ooh. Have we got that? Here we go. Yeah.
Yeah, well, it's time for us, the Aussie pastor. Yep. So I've actually got a comment here I'm going to read first. Oh, okay. From We like comments. We eh? do, from Cheryl. Yep. She's quite knowledgeable. She says, uh, good afternoon, Lloyd and Hunty. Uh, in just listening to you both chat about the Queen, I guess this is about last week's episode, I felt I needed to inform you that Regina, Regina means Queen, as does Rex mean King, which is now added to Charles's name. God bless you both, and she was listening. It's actually Regina and, and Rex. Rex is the Latin, the Latin for, king for King and, and queen. queen. Well, there you go. So Charles's new uh, stamp, whatever they call it, seal, yes. it's got a C yep. with an R in it. That's right. how I found out. Right. So she's schooling me, not you on that. Because you, I, you were saying... I said the name was Elizabeth Regina. And I wasn't sure about that. <laughs> I don't think it is. Because I, I thought I on think her that, I think initials that, ER, I yeah, just thought that was that's her, not name. her name. Even though I knew her surname was um, not Alexander. What's her surname? The Queen. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Queen Elizabeth. That's right. Her maiden name. Anyway, <laughs> Windsor. No, it's, she's got a different name. Anyway, we'll Google it later. Sussex. Nope. It's just pretty sure it's not that either. I'm gonna have to Google it now. We're gonna have to Google it because someone will let us know. Someone out let there. us know. Yeah. yeah. You know. Let me move uh, on. Are you a monarchist? Well, you know what. Um, do I want to be living in the Republic of Australia or like to live in Australia? I think I'd like to live in Australia. Yeah. And the Queen in the UK doesn't bother me. They've not done anything in my lifetime to bother me. I've kind of warmed to King Charles. And I like the fact that we can kick some serious goals at the Commonwealth Games. There's a little competition I, I, there for I us. I think you can stay in the Commonwealth Games and still be a republic. Can you just? I.e. South Africa. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of something. Anyway. All right. Bruce has a question. Yeah. Is failure to obey the fourth commandment as serious as failure to obey the sixth? Now I know the fourth commandment is uh, keep holy the Sabbath day. The sixth is and the only sixth mum and is, dad. No, isn't the sixth don't commit murder? No, 
I thought the fifth was only your mother and father. Oh, you might be right. Okay, I'll come true. I'll come clean. I'm staring at the commandments on my computer screen. <laughs> so, so what? So, is Sabbath, you know, breaking the Sabbath, okay. Is failure to obey the fourth commandment as serious Sabbath. as failure to obey the sixth commandment? So, Sabbath versus murder. So, uh, break the Sabbath versus killing someone. Um, I, I look. I've got an answer. In, 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 okay. Mine's very simplistic, like I told my children. I, I say the Ten Commandments are ten links in a chain. You break any one of them, you've broken the chain. It's a good answer. And I'm sorry, but if if your chain's broken, you're not in harmony with Jesus. Well, keeping the commandments won't get you to heaven. That's right. What gets you to heaven is the blood of Jesus Christ. I, I'm really strong on that, as you know. Yes. But you keep the commandments, I think it's John fourteen fifteen. Jesus said, if you love me, I love him. Yep. You keep my commandments. I've never thought it was a great idea to compare one yep. commandment against the other. Look, I would rather be caught on this earth um, um, breaking the Sabbath than murdering someone, if <laughs> yep. you know what I'm saying, yep. Auntie. Yep, yep. Uh, I, I, I have been caught breaking the Sabbath. I've never murdered anyone. Um, and so it depends how you're going to look at the commandments. Um, if you look at the commandments that you're saved by them, well, then you're going to start to rank them. I'm not saying this guy's doing that. In importance, but you're not. You're saved by the blood of Christ, and you keep His commandments because you love them. So they're all equally important. But if you break some on this earth, you're certainly going to pay a price more than if you break others. There you go. In fact, I don't know another commandment that you'd pay a price more for than "Thou shalt not murder." Well, I'm just going to shuffle this. And that's that's here on this earth, hunting. Yes. Yeah, no, don't shuffle them. Go through them all, bro. Well, there's one that says how important being the seventh day Sabbath is. I think while we're on Sabbath. Okay, you can do that. Um, is that another question? Yeah, here's a question from really, a listener. Really, 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 really times a million important. Yeah, absolutely. The Sabbath is about you and Jesus. It's about you and him getting together in this world that's causing so much, so much hurt and pain and laying so many burdens on us. And you get to Jesus, you get with Jesus on the Sabbath from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset, you spend the whole... People say, well, how do you keep the Sabbath, Lloyd? Well, if it draws you closer to Jesus, do it. That's Sabbath-keeping, hunty. Mm. Um, and, and on the Sabbath, Jesus gets with you. He soothes you. He comforts you. He takes away anxieties and fears. And he then heals you. And so when you come out of the Sabbath, you, you come out completely different than you went in. You go in wo- wounded and broken and bruised. Yep. But when you come out... You're healed. Revitalised. And a lot of people go to me, um, you, I've got to be careful here, but I'll say, oh, every day's a Sabbath for me. Well, what? that's just nonsense. <laughs> We've got to go to work. We get little snapshots of Sabbath every day. So every time you do your Bible study and prayer hunting, that's a snapshot of the Sabbath. And what I mean by that, Sabbath is just you and Jesus together. That's why the devil hates the Sabbath so much, because it's you and Jesus, and he wants to pry you apart from Jesus, so he's going to attack the Sabbath. My brothers and sisters in the Protestant churches, you know I love them, hunty. Yep. I've got good relationships. Some of, two of my best mates are, are Protestant pastors. But look, um, I don't know where they lost it on the Sabbath, and it doesn't make sense to me. Sabbath doesn't belong to the Seventh-day Adventist church. Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It was made for humankind. And, and, and I don't know. You know, you get rest on the Sabbath. There's a whole lot of sleep-deprived people out there because they just aren't getting the rest, spiritual rest they need to go on. So no wonder 
people are depressed and Australian government, I think mm. last year spent six billion six on billion. Yeah. mental health. Yep. That's because there's no Sabbath, auntie. Yes. Get a Sabbath, you get rest, you get restored, you get healed, you go out, you're going to be okay. Without the Sabbath, man, it, this life is going to be a tough gig. So is it important? You betcha it is. Mm. All right, we're running out of time, so let me move on. Is it important to read the Old Testament or should I just stick to the New Testament and the stories of Jesus? Read, read, read a whole lot. Yes. The Old Testament is about Jesus. Um, Jesus, I, I, I mean, you'll find him saturated in the Old Testament. Go and read the whole the book of Isaiah. The whole book's on Jesus. Go and read the book of Daniel. The center of Daniel is Jesus. Go and read the book of Genesis, the one on beginnings. At the very uh, um, uh, um, apex of that book is Jesus. Uh, I mean, Jesus... He's there in the first chapter in the first three verses. Um, you can't, if you're not reading the Old Testament, you're missing out a whole part of the story of Jesus. Now, I love the New Testament, love the works of Paul. He wrote half the New Testament. I love the Gospels about Jesus and his story of Jesus. Yeah, me too. That's important, and I think everyone should spend a lot of time in the Gospel. Man, read the whole Bible because the whole thing's about Jesus. Mm. How's that, hunty? Excellent. Plus, I like what you said the other day. Well, you said if you're if you're in trouble, go to the Psalms for comfort, yeah, yeah. and if you if you're being crazy silly, go to Proverbs for some, for some wisdom. And if yeah, you want yeah, to probably you, spend a lot of time in Proverbs. And if you wanted to get some history, go to Genesis. I I thought uh, that was cool. All right, moving on. What is the difference between the Seventh Day Adventists and Anglicans? We hold a lot in common. That's we do. a good question. Mm. Because we worship in an Anglican church. We're Seventh-day Adventists, but every Saturday we're in an Anglican church. There is one big difference. Well, there's a few differences. But the one big difference is we are Armenian, um, which means we believe that the gospel is open to everybody, whereas Anglicans are Calvinistic. They're from the Calvinistic. So there's two great branches in, in Protestantism. There's Arminianism, Arminianism and there's, there's um, Calvinism. Armenians are Baptists, Seventh-day Adventists, I think Methodists. And what we believe is that the gospel is for anybody. Anybody can accept the gospel. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're born, you can accept the gospel. But the Calvinistic doctrine, which is part of the Anglican movement, and, and if you're an Anglican and I'm saying this wrong, you better contact <laughs> yeah, me take, and I'll correct this next week. <laughs> yep. Um, they believe that people are predestined either for salvation or not. We don't believe that. We believe that you are saved if you choose to be. And anybody, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that whosoever, I love that word, whosoever, that means anyone, if they come to Jesus, can be saved. Whereas the Anglicans will say, well, and I don't get why that is either, why Calvin went down, because he was a good guy. Great reformer, Swiss reformer. Why he went down that road, I don't know. But that's the, there are other differences, but that's the big one. Wow. All right, moving on. What do you think is the greatest danger to any Christian? What do you reckon, Hunty? Uh, the, the, the temptation of the world, perhaps the distractions of the world that keep you away from your saviour. I don't reckon there's a, a, an exact right or wrong answer for this, is there? Maybe maybe the dangers for you, the greatest danger for you is different than the greatest danger for Probably. me. Probably. Do you know what I mean? For sure, actually. So really for me to say, oh, this is the greatest danger to Christians and Christianity. But I do have one. 
And it's a one-word answer. What's that? Lethargy. Okay. You know what lethargy is? Yeah, yeah. I'm a Christian. I'm saved. Yep. And I just wander slowly away from Jesus. So I'm not doing my Bible study like I used to. I'm not spending time in prayer. I got a bit slack with church. It's lethargy. I've accepted Jesus Christ as my saviour. I'm good now. I can do anything. I'm good to go. Not even just that I can do anything. Once saved, always saved. It's just that I'm not going to spend time with Jesus that I need to to make sure that my relationship's going to be okay. See, one of the things, you know, this new series we're bringing on Friday night, Hunty, one of the things I'm, I'm pounding home in that series is spend time with Jesus, spend time with Jesus, spend time with Jesus. If you want to go through the end of time and do it successfully, spend time with Jesus. And lethargy stops you doing that. Even you and me, we can get so busy in the work that we don't actually spend time with Jesus. And we could spend our whole lives sharing Jesus, but if we don't spend time with Jesus when all this crashes, we're in trouble. That's it. We're in massive trouble. True. I am. I'm a pastor. Without Jesus, yep. I'm in massive trouble. Same. All right, time for one last quick question. Yep. You've got Ten seconds for an answer. Oh. Can I talk to my angel? No. All right. You talk to Jesus, you talk to God. Never, never, never talk to your angel. The Bible did not design angels to talk to. Let's talk about angels next week. Okay, and that brings this segment to a close. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Do you like how quickly we got through that, Hunty? I'm very impressed, mate. You did good. I did good. (laughs) I feel like. We're settling down a bit after the volcanic eruption in the middle of our program. Yes. Oh, man, the rain was so bad. I put my head out the door, and i that's some of the heaviest rain I've seen in my entire life. It scares me when you go out the door, hunty. <laughs> <laughs> this last song is a beautiful song. We're going to sing this in church too one day, hunty. Yeah, good. That's what it's called, One Day. It's by, it's by Matt Redman. He's just the most beautiful singer and this song he's a guy who sang 10,000 reasons 10,000 reasons yes and this is not a new song but it's reasonably new one day Matt Redman Face to face. 
through hard times, yeah, wounded and broken. I don't know whether you can go on, look up, because soon you're going to see Jesus. And as Matt Redman just said, when we all see Jesus, then it will be okay. And life can be tough. And to have Jesus, well, you're going to get through. Mm. Well, Hunty, that was some program today, but the Lord saw us through. He did. I'm still kind of a bit shaken by the fact that we got bombed out by that I've, that the the heaviness and the lightning and the thunder and the rain—it's some of the 
heavy style litter, not litter recycling in Townsville. It's like we said at the beginning of the program, things are happening in our world and mm. you need to know Jesus. And I'm going to say it again as we finish. I'd like to see you Friday night online mm. on YouTube, Aussie Pastor, or on Facebook, Aussie yep, Pastor. Pastor. Yep. 8 p.m., the boss, Andrew Hunt, <laughs> has spoken. And hey, if you want to and God moves you, Come to our church on Sabbath in northwest Sydney, yes. address Hunty. Yes, for Samuel Place, Quakers Hill, behind the alley. And if you can't get dust, you're going to find an Adventist church somewhere in this big, broad, beautiful country of ours. Head for that. Get an experience of worship with Jesus on the Sabbath and you'll love it. Mm. Want to close with prayer, Hunty? Sure. Heavenly Father, Lord, it's always an honour and privilege to talk about you. But Lord, right now I pray for our listeners, Lord, for those who've got problems, those who are suffering, those hearts who are bleeding, Lord, I pray that you'll wrap your loving arms around them, Lord, and minister to them with what they need. Bring them peace and hold them close, Lord. So I pray for our listeners, especially, Lord, today, because I know you care about them. Thank you for this time, dear Lord. In your precious name, Jesus, I ask these blessings. Amen. Thank you, Hunty, and to our listeners, wherever you are in Australia, because this is going on all around Australia, it is. these storms. It is. Stay safe. Yep. Keep looking up. Jesus is coming. My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor. And my name's Hunty, and we love you. He's the techie. I'm the tech, yes. We do love you, but... Jesus, he loves you so much more. See you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining the Aussie pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.